This is the NFL Draft Triple Take with Mike Prezuta, Dale Lawley, and Matt Williamson from Steelers Nation Radio and Steelers.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to uh, another edition of NFL Draft Triple Take here on Steelers.com. I'm Mike Prezuta from the Steelers Radio Network, joined by Matt Williamson of uh, Steelers Nation Radio. And Bruce Gradkowski, former NFL QB and evaluator for Pro Football Focus. We're going to talk quarterbacks today. That's one of the reasons we've got Bruce with us. This ought to be right up his alley. But uh, quarterback, a position that everybody likes to evaluate. And uh, Bruce, we'll start with you since you're the guy that actually played the position before we get to Matt Williamson, who has scouted the position before beginning his career as a media star. But uh, – I really like this quarterback class. I think the game is trending toward guys who play the game the way Patrick Mahomes plays it, and I see some guys who look like uh, they have an affinity to do that, uh, maybe a little bit more this year than other years. Uh, do you see it going that way, and do you like this class? You know, I like this class, and putting these guys in order is tough because it's based on team needs and what teams are looking for. And really, these young quarterbacks coming out in the draft it's going to help them in their development based on where they go and the situations they're put in and what's around them and how they're getting coached. So a lot of things go into these evaluations. Um, you know, I think like you were pointing out, yes, I think teams now want to find a quarterback that can throw and also be athletic. So you'll see kind of how my list sh- list shapes up. Um, and for now, though, like, you know, going for, for my top five and out at my number five. Mike, if, if you want me to start there, um, sure. you know, it's tough. So my number five guy, guy is Jake Fromm. And I have to mention the guys right outside the top five, though, because I have Justin Herbert right outside my top five. I have Jake Luton from Oregon State right outside my top five. And, you know, Jacob Eason a little outside those guys. But um, I think when it came down to putting Herbert outside my top five, when I watched his games throughout the season for PFF, I told myself that I would not get enamored when it comes to the combine and pro day in the shorts and t-shirts type throwing because Justin Herbert, he'll blow you away. He looks the part. He's athletic, big, strong arm, can do it all. He just never elevated his game in key moments against good defenses, and that's why I have him outside my top five. Now, Jake Fromm, my number five guy, He's a guy that can execute an NFL offense. He's been doing it since his true freshman year at Georgia. He's a little undersized, doesn't have the biggest arm, but in the right system, he can flourish. I'm not saying he's going to be a franchise guy, but he's going to be around in the league for a long time, like a Chase Daniel. Um, and, And so what I like about Fromm is you know what you're getting. He's smart. He has, you know, the rhythm and timing down. He understands an offense. So it's going to be very easy to have a consistent and trustworthy backup if you uh, draft Jake Fromm. Matt, you've also got Fromm at number five. Did uh, Bruce leave anything out, or did he pretty much cover it there? No, he pretty much covered it. But, I mean, I think Fromm is not the most overwhelming athlete or the physicality of the position. There's a big knock on him with his arm strength, which I think is a little overblown. I think he delivers the football better than – the, the, the perception outside is, and I think he throws well enough. 
but it carries a lot of weight with me too. I mean, you boot Jacob Eason and Justin Fields out of the Georgia program and are successful as you are. I think that says a lot. And I think he's really good from the neck up, a great processor. And as Bruce mentioned, maybe that's a Chad Pennington career. Maybe it's a Chase Daniel career. Uh, that's still a lot of years in the league and a lot of millions of dollars in Jake Fromm's pocket. <laughs> yeah, Fromm did not make my top five. I was I was left wanting by the athleticism. Again, I think I think that's where the position is going. Uh, and I'm not talking about running quarterbacks. I'm talking about quarterbacks who can, number one, escape the pressure because the pressure is ever-present. Everybody's coming after these guys. And then once you escape, you got to be able to play off schedule and, and, and improv as you go along. And if the run is there, I think you got to be able to take it. But uh, being able to, again, play that Mahomes game, it's a very high bar, I understand. But uh, Jake Fromm, to me, did not quite meet that standard. Now, I'm going to sound a little contradictory when I tell you my number five is Jordan Love because he does all that stuff I just talked about. But, Matt, I'll go to you first. Uh, 17 interceptions. I got a hard time getting past that. Yeah, I'm not a love believer. And we could talk about my list. I mean, I think he's a distant four to me and more concerns than I have, you know, positives for him. Absolutely a ton of ability. And generally, I really like these type of quarterbacks. Like Pat Mahomes was my number one quarterback in that class. Lamar Jackson was my number one never, I never heard that. Yeah. <laughs> Not everybody did, if you recall. A couple guys went ahead of him. Hey, you, de- you deserve to brag on that one, man. That was a good call. Lamar, too. He went to the end of the first round. So, those, I'm pretty uh, – I like the risky quarterback takes. But my problem with Love is I think you can give him a pass last year that, boy, you made a lot of bad decisions, a lot of turnovers. It was a new system. I think they had ten new starters on offense. Maybe Nine or ten new yeah. coaches, yeah. So, I There's get that. Of, there are a lot of excuses built in if you want to – you want to give it to him yes but my big problem and I'm I'm curious if Bruce agrees and if he doesn't I totally understand he seems to make the same mistakes over and over I just don't know that he learns from doing the wrong thing no and you're right that's why I have love at number four um, because of the inconsistency I think physically he has it all and that's why I love you know beat out Justin Herbert for number four because Love is more of a natural passer. He has better feet, and it's more natural rhythmic to him. He understands the timing and rhythm of the game. Like at the Senior Bowl, he was able to execute those offenses. That's what I liked about him. But it is the inconsistency. I don't see him raising the level of play from his teammates as a Patrick Mahomes, as other guys will talk about on my list. And, you know, that's kind of what concerns me. I don't like the, the 26 turnover-worthy plays he had for us at PFF last year. You know, that's a concern for me. And there, there's an interesting stat, um, you know, that I'll talk about too with my top top three guys. But Jordan Love, when you're talking about uncatchable, inaccurate throws, um, our, our PFF grading, we did this. And I put a, a quarterback was in rhythm, the receiver was open, and the pass was about 10 to 19 yards downfield. Jordan Love's uh, miss rate is like 23%, where uh, J- Joe Burrow and Jalen Hurts, they're around 4 or 5%. So, like, it's just very inconsistent to me. So that's my concern. But if you're talking about the physical tools, he has it. But also, if you're talking about the leadership, 
He's not going to just demand it from his team. He, he's a little more quieter of a guy. So that, that raises a little, you know, awareness. You, you want guys to lead their own way. You don't have to be a specific leader. But at the quarterback position, you do understand you are going to be the leader and you have to lead a certain way. It doesn't matter how you lead, but you have to be a leader. So, uh, you know, those are traits that Jordan Love, I think, brings as far as his, you know, athletic ability, his arm and natural thrower and his feet. They can trans transition very well to the NFL. But my concern is his inc inconsistency, like you talked about earlier, Mike, with instincts and making decisions when he's off alignment outside the pocket, he has to be smarter. Bruce, that was a really interesting stat about the open receiver. Did you apply the college open standard or the NFL open standard? Because it's a little bit of a difference. It's a little tougher in the Sunday league, isn't it? The guys that are no, open absolutely. in the NFL are perceived to be that are not that in college. No, absolutely. And at PFF, we have, you know, we'll grade guys on, you know, every time we chart a play, it's, it's, was he open? Did he have a step on the receiver? Was the defender closing on him? Was it tight coverage? So I put, I put all boxes as if you should hit it, right? I mean, that I'm considering you're an NFL quarterback. The guy is open enough. You have to hit it. So those were the throws I was basing it on. So when you're kind of missing passes, and the key, the key point there, though, Mike and Matt, is he was in rhythm, which meant it was a clean pocket around him. So that's what makes me concerned. If, you have, if you're clean around you and you can't hit those throws, what's it going to be like at the next level with the NFL when that pocket closes a lot faster? Bruce, you mentioned that love didn't elevate those around him, and leadership's a hard thing for us to, you know, to put a value on sitting here in our Pittsburgh homes or whatever. But it sounds like you had some concerns with Herbert in that regard too, and I do as well. Yeah, you know, and that's that's what my concern was with Justin Herbert. He didn't elevate his game uh, against good defenses, against good opponents, but I also didn't feel like he elevated. The, the, the players around him, and, and he's at Oregon. Of course, they have a bunch of ability and talent uh, at the skill position um, to where I thought they could have been better this year. And I just didn't see that from Justin Herbert as far as a guy that is, you know, a temperature changer in the locker room. Um, and that's why kind of Justin Herbert is outside my top five and love comes up, comes up at number four for me. I've got uh... – I'm going to disagree with you on Herbert. We'll get to that in a minute. But uh, I've got uh, – my number three is Tua, and that's only because I don't know about the hip and uh, the health concerns. It's just a little scary to me. Uh, if you tell me he's 100% healthy and if teams are able to, to check this guy out the way they normally do, then, hey, go for it. I love the guy. I love his downfield accuracy. I love his intuition and instinct and, and improv. Uh, Nick Saban said he's about as impactful of players they've had at Bama, that's that's good enough for me. That, that kid's something special, isn't he, Bruce? Oh, absolutely. And, and I have two at, at number two for me. Um, and I think, you know, you raise a good point. I don't think it's the hip issue that teams will be concerned about. I just think it's the overall health issue. Is he going to be able to be uh, – to sustain and be able to hit uh, – take the pounding the NFL – uh, can bring so is he going to be injury prone at the next level I think that's the biggest question because we've seen him get injured in every year he has played so far so and that's at the college level 
My thing with Tua, though, he is. He's rhythmic. He's smooth. He's smart. He makes good decisions, takes care of the football. I wonder, though, too, if he's as accurate as people are saying. When you're talking about an NFL pass where it's close coverage and you got man-to-man and you got to put it on your upfield number, is he going to hit that? And at times at college grading him, I didn't think he'd be able to hit that. But, you know, we'll see. I love what he brings as far as his mentality. I think he's a good locker room guy. I think he is a guy that has that it factor. So I like to, and I like what he can bring. Uh, and I think it's worth the risk uh, because I think with Joe Burrow and Tua, they, they separate themselves, and then there's all the other quarterbacks uh, to me. No doubt. I mean, to me, those two stand alone. And, of course, injuries with an S are the biggest concern with, with Tua and the way he plays the game. And I've heard people describe him that just sitting there watching him from your lazy boy on Saturday, every hit he takes, I'm not sure if he's going to get up. You know, you just have that feeling about him. He takes a lot of big hits, doesn't protect himself. Not the biggest guy, but I didn't go to med school, and I wouldn't have lasted long if I did. So I, I have a hard time digging a guy for injuries if the NFL is going to be fine with it. I mean, they're way advanced to me, and that's one of the hardest parts of my job. But I like him an awful lot. I mean, he's a twitchy athlete in the pocket, really good feet, leadership, kind of like what you mentioned, though, Bruce, too, that he threw to some pretty damn open wide receivers at Bama, though. Yeah, and, and you know, one last point on Tua – as far as that injury concern is, you know, we bring it up, is he can, he can be better and he can learn how to protect himself more. I think if you look at the, the place he got injured on, a lot of times he could have avoided those. So I think at the next level, if he's coached the right way and he understands, listen, you're more important to us lining up for the next snap in the next game in the whole season than you are on that one, t- one particular play. And I know, look, you don't want to take that out of him, just like you don't want to take Big Ben's playmaking ability out of him. Um, but I think Tua can learn how to protect himself a, a little bit better, but also continue to use his athleticism to make plays. Hey, Matt, uh, don't sell yourself short on that uh, medical school thing. You know what they call the guy who graduates last in his class in medical school? Doctor. Doctor. You got it. <laughs> I would not. The standard is the standard. Uh, just to, to kind of reset here, I had uh, Tua at number three. Uh, Bruce, you've got Tua at number two. Uh, Matt, you've got Tua at number two. But, uh, Bruce, I skipped over uh, my number four guy. That's uh, Jalen Hurts of Oklahoma. He's your number three guy. Uh, I think this guy is maybe not quite as good as Tua, but I don't really want to hold that against him. I'm very impressed. Yeah, and, you know, it may come, come to surprise that, you know, uh, just or, uh, Jalen Hurts is my number three guy. But, look, when I watched him this season, it was kind of like when I was watching Herbert. When I watched Jalen Hurts, I knew he didn't anticipate. He was a see-it-throw-it type guy. But you couldn't help recognize athleticism, rec- recognize he's a winner, a team guy, a good leader. So then after the season, when I was grading the Senior Bowl games, and I watched how he got better each and every practice, I realized this guy works at it. He cares. You know, so his, his footwork and his timing and the rhythm at the, at the combine he looked good. It is pro day on YouTube he looked good. So to me, he gets it. He has enough arm strength. He's going to continue to learn the rhythm and timing and, and to anticipate. You can't coach athleticism he brings. 
So I think he brings a lot to your team, especially if you're a good offensive play caller and you could design an offense around him. There's things that Jalen Hurts brings. And the the main thing I like, we talk about all the time about being a, you know, a a locker room guy and a temperature changer. I think Jalen Hurts is that. You know, he's a good leader. He's excelled in two different offenses at the major college level. And I think – and, and then he's also handled that adversity, being benched and having to be and having to transfer. So I love when guys have to fight through some adversity. And I think Jalen Hurts checks all the boxes. He's not as pure of a passer as Russell Wilson, or you know even Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott got better at the next level, and I think that's Jalen Hurts. I think Jalen Hurts will be a better passer in the NFL than he was in college, um, and he brings a lot of other things to the table too that I like. Bruce, I got two concerns about Hurts, and you kind of touched on them. First off, I think he's a, a warrior, a bulldog, a tough guy. Everyone will run through a wall for him, and that's obvious. But you mentioned it that he is a see-it-and-throw-it guy. He's not an anticipatory thrower. And it seems to me, and maybe he is improving because I think he has to, and that's a great point by you, but he seems to hold the ball a tick long, then sees it, then throws it, and that ain't going to fly at the next level. That flies at Oklahoma. It flies at Alabama. I don't know that that would have flew at you know, Utah State or you know, a, a middling program, so to speak. And then the other thing I think it's a little bit of a misconception about Hurts is he's a very good quarterback athlete. I mean, he reminds me of Dak Prescott. But he doesn't remind me of Taysom Hill. I mean, I've heard a lot of people say draft him, put in you know, specific packages for him. He doesn't run a 4-4. He's not going to run routes. I mean, he's a good quarterback athlete, but he's not – I'm going to get Lamar Jackson out there with Joe Flacco standing there doing nothing. I mean, he's not that type of athlete to me. No, you're right about that. He's not, and I wouldn't utilize him like that. I don't think he's a Taysom Hill. I think Taysom Hill's a different breed of his own. I mean, that yeah. guy's tough, athletic, fast. He can do it all. He plays special teams. I think Jalen Hurts is a guy that <clears> – <throat> Could be in a sense, like I said, he's not as good of a passer as Russell Wilson. So I don't get that, want to get that wrong. But I just think he can kind of bring that type of game to the next level. And you're right, he doesn't anticipate. But I think also when, when you're coached a different way at the next level and you start understanding how routes and concepts work and they work together, he could get better at that. So I take it as he's a guy that will work on it and get better. So I see him continuing to get better. Uh, at the next level. Uh, I want to hear what both you guys have to say about uh, the coach's kid factor. But, Bruce, let's start with you. you uh, it, people tend to marry that to the quarterback or the point guard. Uh, you know, he grew up with the game. Do you put any stock in that? Does that make him a little special? I do. I mean, when you're around it, you know, it's just little things. You know, I'm playing ball with my four-year-old and two-year-old and it's just little things I say that I was thinking yesterday that is just more natural like we're pretending to play a a basketball game you know it's just a little comment you make so when you're around the game a lot you kind of understand especially if you're in a locker room you see how it's done that is life to you so I think that holds a lot of stock that it's life it's not just a job you're trying to get or a, or a passion you're trying to fulfill, it's life. And that's how a lot of us, why we're successful, be able to make it to the next level, is it's life and it's everything. And along those lines, too, it's, it's a lifestyle. You know, if you grew up around the game, your dad's a coach, it's not like mom and dad 
leave in the morning, come home at five, you have dinner and it's a normal day and you talk about your day and you do your homework and you watch Cheers and the Cosby show. You know I mean? Like dad's gone all day if he's coaching and then Saturday or Sunday, we all get together and there's 20,000, a hundred thousand fans cheering for dad or cheering against dad. You know, like that's not the normal way people are brought up. Yeah. I, I put a lot of value in that. I mean, you gotta have the ability, but I think it's kind of like having the bloodlines. It, as long as you have the goods, then these extra intangible edges can help facilitate your transition and, and get you further, faster. Uh, Matt, you've got uh, Justin Herbert three and two at two. Bruce, you left uh, Herbert off. I got uh, Justin Herbert second over two just because I think Herbert's healthy. And I don't know, I love this kid. I, I have for a couple of years. Uh, and what really threw me over the top on him was uh, the discussions around the Senior Bowl when the guys down there on uh, the NFL Network were talking about how the Oregon staff didn't really want him playing that athletic, make it happen outside the pocket type of game because they didn't want to put him at risk. Uh, he started doing that in the Rose Bowl. He did it in the Senior Bowl. I think he's got that club in his bag. Uh, I don't know about the leadership. Some guys are quiet leaders, but, uh, you know, the body, the arm, and uh, maybe I'm also biased because I got to see him play uh, this year live. Uh, I saw the Oregon at Stanford game when I was out in California covering the Steelers and 49ers. And he's so effortless and so efficient. He almost makes it look like he's not doing anything. But Matt, I think he is. He's got remarkable tools. And I have the top two alone. I have Thur Herbert clearly is three and then a gap to love. And Bruce mentioned before, I think you can get a little enamored. You know, we're not selling jeans here. You know, the, the combine, the senior bowl, watching him throw <laughs> these last couple months is overwhelming. And he's a great athlete, has some Josh Allen-like qualities, which isn't all good. You know, I mean, sometimes he'll gun a fastball in the short zones that doesn't have to. Not a phenomenal touch thrower. There's just so much there to work with. But there's two things I wanted to bring up with him is you mentioned, I mean, he's kind of considered an introvert as a leader. And you're hearing all these reports at the Senior Bowl at the Combine. Boy, he's really outgoing. Well, my red flag goes up that, well, his agent told him to. You know, like, that's one of your concerns. Make everyone more comfortable with yourself. Is that really who he is or is he putting on a mask? And then the other thing I think is really interesting with him Oh, we're supposed to wear masks now when we go out in public. That too. I mean, <laughs> but that college offense at Oregon didn't throw deep and drive the ball down the field nearly as much as you'd expect with somebody like Herbert as their quarterback. And they ran too well. Yeah. Well, I mean, it makes, there's two things there. It's either, but more likely that staff knows him too, so well that they're not going to put him in a position not to succeed or. Maybe they don't know what they're doing, but I bet that's not the case. You know, usually they tell – coaches tell you what they think of players, especially quarterbacks. Yeah, and I think you guys – I think you guys bring up some great points, and you can't help but love the physical traits that he brings. Um, you know, Mike, I, I'm going to post a few videos of Herbert in the next week, uh, you know, that he's just drilling a scene. And that's what NFL coaches and scouts love to see and want to see more of. Um, to me, when I watch him, though, things tend to be a little too methodical with him. Okay. And when you compare Matt to a little like, they, you know, him and Josh Allen are similar in a sense. I can see that. But the thing that I, you know, raises my concern is he's not as tough as Josh Allen. 
And I don't think he brings that it factor to the locker room. So if you're inconsistent, inaccurate, but you're also not tough in a, in a, in a driver of that culture in your locker room and a, and a team guy, and I'm not, I don't know Herbert personally, and I'm just kind of assuming from the things I've watched, you know, I think that's a big deal. I think Josh Allen wins at Buffalo because he's a guy that's going to, you know, scrape his way to get a first down. He's going to be miss, you know, five throws, but he's going to come back and run for, you know, 100 yards in that game. I don't know if Herbert brings you that, and he was a little too methodical to me, but I can see the potential of your scout, GM, and coach at this point of taking more of a risk on a Herbert than a Tua with the body frames, with the health concerns, and all that. So that definitely is a good point. Yeah, it's tough to, it's tough to pass on uh, height, weight, uh, arm, and uh, just smarts. And uh, he does have some things he needs to work on, but uh, I think there's a lot there. Uh, nobody's arguing about number one. Uh, I, I just, I'm out of uh, superlatives for Joe Burrow. Uh, but one of the things I heard that uh, piqued my interest even more was Daniel Jeremiah of the NFL Network talking about 85% of his throws from the empty set look. And, uh, you know, he's played an NFL offense down there, Bruce. The LSU uh, got out of the uh, old SEC prototype, give it to the back 75 times and then throw it sideways. They really uh, put the pedal down and let this kid drive the bus. And look what happened. I mean, he's ready to step in and play, right? Yeah, and it's that offense. I think Joe Brady, offense coordinator, did a great job. You know, I think he's going to do a good job in Carolina with Teddy Bridgewater now. Uh, but Joe Burrow, you can see he can execute an NFL offense. He understands it. He has the rhythm, and t- rhythm timing, and footwork down. And the, the biggest thing about Burrow is that poise and composure. He has that. He has the it factor. He's a, you know, uh, uh, he could change the pulse of your locker room. And that's what I love about him. I love how he faced adversity and had to transfer from Ohio State and then go to LSU. People tend to forget. You don't know it's gonna, how it's going to pan out when you make those decisions. When you have to say, look, I'm giving up this opportunity to Ohio State because this is what it looks like, and I'm going to transfer to LSU. He didn't know he was going to be the clear-cut starter, that LSU wasn't going to bring in a JUCO transfer or another incoming freshman, and that guy was going to beat out Joe Burrow. So. I just love the fact of the things he has been through um, at this point in his career. And, and stats-wise, he blew him off the charts last year uh, with like 43 big-time throws for PFF. Um, so that was just impressive to see in, in, in every category. The ones I mentioned to you about the, the least amount of uncatchable, inaccurate throws, Burrow's only at like 4% or so. So, you know, if his balls are inaccurate or uncatchable, it's not all the time. It's only like 4%. So it, that was pretty amazing that the dude is on point most of the time. That's like Bruce Gradkowski territory, right? Hey, that's, that is Gradkowski Toledo <laughs> stat right there. <laughs> He's unbelievable. I mean, I'm a huge Burrow fan. Yeah. If I have a question, it's he has an average arm. And, again, this isn't a negative. It's just a question. I mean, you're going to be a Bengal. You're going to travel to Cleveland in December. Hopefully everything goes well and you're hosting AFC championship game someday. And is he going to handle the elements as well as Big Ben? You know, I mean, some of the guys in this area of the country that can drive the ball through the elements, the wind, the snow, the hail. I just don't know. I'm not saying he can't. 
from the neck up, though, like Bruce said, I mean, he's remarkable. I mean, in every facet of the position, uncanny accuracy, ball placement, um, feel for the pocket. He's the, got some wheels, too. Yeah, I mean, he's a former basketball yeah. player that can, you know, when in doubt, he can rely on the, on the, the feet. And just an ultra, ultra competitive guy. I mean, I think he's a superstar. Yeah, one of the things I really like about him is uh, when he gets outside the pocket, uh, one of those guys on the NFL Network, either Charles Davis or Jeremiah, they said when he breaks the contain and he's out on the wing, he's not throwing to dump it down. He is throwing to kill. And, yeah. uh, and you know, th throwing to make a play, going down the field, attack, attack, attack. I agree with Matt about the arm, but it's not enough to dissuade me. I, uh, this guy's number one in the whole draft to me. Well, and, and that's a great point, Matt, about the weather, because I played in Cleveland. I played sure. in Cincinnati. I played in Pittsburgh, grew up there. <clears throat> that weather is a factor. You know, you see guys, when the weather's cool, not only that, like, the wind or the snow or the rain, but it's the texture of the ball. You can't get as good of a grip on it as you want. And I was concerned about Mason Rudolph in that point because if you don't have the biggest hands, it, it was the same case for me. I had to make sure, you know, I had to get my hands nice and sticky or the ball was, you know, nice and warmed up. Um, that is a factor, but I don't think it will affect Burrow as much. Cincinnati, it's okay. Um, but I think the main point is that he was a basketball player. And I love the fact of guys that were good, good at playing hoops because, to me, you have the vision to see the court. You're a point guard. You can create and dump it. So you have a different kind of creativity and vision playing the quarterback position, and you bring that athleticism to, to the game. So, I mean, I think we all love everything Burrow brings. And, Mike, to your point, they're up 30, and he's scrambling and trying to cut your throat downfield. I mean, he just rips your soul out. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's what you want, right? That's yeah, that's the way it's done, man. So uh, hey, guys, that was, have something to look forward to. <laughs> that was really fun. That's a fun position most years, but uh, this year in particular, I really enjoyed that. Bruce, uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, Matt, appreciate your insights as always. That's going to do it for uh, this latest edition, the quarterbacks edition of uh, Steelers.com's NFL Draft. Triple take for Bruce Gatkowski and Matt Williamson. I'm Mike Rasuda. Uh, Keep it here at Steelers.com for everything you need uh, regarding the upcoming draft. And we'll talk to you again with another position breakdown real soon.